0: You're listening to the Section 5 Podcast.
1: Welcome to the section five podcast it's me G I'm here with Adam Mark and Trey fresh off the Celtics improving to three and two in their first five games defeating the Memphis Grizzlies 126 to 107 in what was technically a home game but thanks to 2020 there were no fans in the building, but still pretty cool to see those banners on the baseline. The story of the game, obviously, if you were living under a rock or you didn't get a chance to catch the game, was Jalen Brown, who dropped a career high, 42 points. I don't even think he played in the fourth quarter, did he? I think it was 42 points in three quarters. And Jalen, along with the rest of the starters, got to watch the fourth quarter from the bench. pretty much garbage time. Um, and it says a lot that Fast PP didn't have to play any garbage time tonight. That's a meteoric rise for him. But no better place to start. And this last podcast of 2020, thank God mercifully it's almost over, but we're going to go over the game sort of uh, get our reactions or any takeaways from the first five games of this NBA season and say farewell. Finally to 2020, but obviously the big news of the night, the man of the night, the star of the night, Jalen Brown, Trey, what'd you see from Jalen tonight? And how do you rate him over the first five games of the season?
2: So I think that he's been very consistent. He's been our most consistent player, I feel like, with the start of the season. He's been improving, driving to the lane. He keeps his defender on his hip. You know, he throws up floaters. He hits the mid-range shots. So he seems to be making all the right decisions. He's playmaking more. So we're seeing a lot of growth from Jalen Brown. So tonight, yeah, like you said, he had 42 points. You know, he was 15 of 21 from the field, seven of 10 from three. Uh, I think in the first, was it the first quarter? Uh, he was like six for six, definitely the first half. He
1: started off six for six, that's he was for
2: sure. Six for six shooting. So yeah, he had a pretty good game. He's had a pretty good start to the season to have 42 points after, you know, James Harden just dropped 42 with 17 assists Mm -hmm. the the day, you know, to see Jalen get 42. And and like you said, not even play an entire fourth quarter. It's good to see. We definitely want to keep Jalen Brown as a Celtic. If Tatum is supposed to be that 1A, so to say, and Brown is supposed to be that 1B, then you need that 1B to, you know, take advantage on offense, So to open up more for that one B because if if that one B is going to be, you know, the, the point of attack on, on defense for the other team, then you want to make sure that Jalen's doing his part and Jalen's always consistent. So that's what I love most about Jalen. We're getting consistency out of him so far to start. He had 42 and Tatum only had to have 16 points, four rebounds, three assists. Mm -hmm. Tatum was six for 12. He only shot the ball 12 times tonight. It was Jalen's night. He had 21 shots.
1: Yeah, and Adam kind of mentioned the whole idea of a 1A and a 1B a couple of times this season as the ideal basketball relationship between these two players. Um, James Harden did drop, I believe he dropped 44, and he still has perfume on him. Walked into the court with flip flops, had a few straight dollar bills falling on the court, still dropped forty-four and seventeen on him. So I wasn't on the last part when you guys got to discuss the hard end trade, but I'm all about the culture that we're building here. So I think it'd be great to keep to keep Jalen
3: I just in. gotta ask, what kind of jackass would trade him from their fantasy team? I don't know. I say that as a guy who traded him to you who has since traded him.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and trade him and have the whole league think that you robbed the guy who you traded James Harden to. Um,
3: no one thought that when I gave him the you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we'll have to put so, the uh, return that I got for him a couple of years ago behind a paywall or something. <laughs> if, yeah. if you want it, Ben me.
1: On wall on the first, baby. Adam, what do you see from Jalen Brown? right now that's maybe a little bit different than what we even saw in the bubble two or three months ago.
0: I mean, we, we're seeing a completely different player and the, on the better side of that. He's in the making for even, if you want to say most improved player, Jalen Brown's one of the the top guys there right now. I mean, coming off of last year where he averaged 20 a game, he's at 28 a game now. He's shooting at 56% from the field. Even last year he shot Forty-eight percent from the field this year. He's at fifty-six, and he's shooting way more shots. He shot he shot way more shots last year. He was at thirty-eight percent from three. This year he's at forty-four. Like we're seeing a completely confident, explosive offensive player that's just entering his prime, and I can't wait to see what this year brings with Jalen because he he just looks like a completely different player. There were a couple. There was a a pull-up three he he did today that I've never seen him do with a guy just right in his face. He didn't care that the guy was in his face. He knew that he was going to get a shot off. This guy wasn't going to bother it. He knew I'm just going to go up because I'm feeling it tonight. And I'm excited to see. And it would be a shock to me if Jalen Brown didn't make the offense this year.
1: We were talking about that a little bit on Sportscaster where there is an infusion of either guys who were injured or weren't in the conference last year that that may make you know there's a few guys that are going to get left out of the all-star game we got drew holiday in the east you got katie back you got Kyrie back You got russell westbrook in the east now bradley bill got snubbed then you look at a couple of the guys who did make it last year who may not make it this year the the toronto or the tampa bay guys pascal siakam and kyle lowry the tampa bay raptors that's 2020 if i've ever seen it They should make some Tampa Bay jerseys. They got to do that. Like that'd be an instant throwback. Kemba is not likely to make the all-star team this year just due to the injury and things like that. So Jalen has a good shot. Mark, what are you seeing from Jalen right now? um, And what does he need to do to sort of reach that level and make the all-star team?
3: He needs to just keep doing what he's doing. He is like Adam said, a, a much improved player not that he was a bad player last year, he was fantastic last year, and he's just taken that next step as players and stars in their you know early to mid-20s tend to do. He looks like someone who is free. He's mm-hmm. much more free to do what he wants to do and what he's able to do because Gordon Hayward's not there. I still think that this team is a better team with Jalen and Hayward and, and Tatum, but... Jalen is the one who's going to be picking up the slack with, Hey, we're gone Tatum. As we see like his numbers last year, even if he improves as a player, his numbers, are, especially his point output is going to be pretty much what it was last year. The points that need to be made up are going to come from Jalen. And he looks like a guy who's going to be doing that. Now he's, he's playing with a ton of confidence. He's, you know, taking his shots. He's getting to the basket. He's doing everything that you would expect a scorer to do in this league. And, Adam threw out the percentages earlier. Like his percentages are astronomical. And a lot of that is just because we played five games and because he was so ridiculous tonight. I mean, he was 15 for 21 tonight. So that's going to throw a five-game average off, but he's shooting the ball a lot better. He's making better decisions out there. He's taking better shots. He's not throwing up some of these bad shots because you know, maybe he was thinking, I'm not going to get a chance for another shot, so I got to take it. Now he's just taking taking the better shots, making the right decisions, and he so far has been their best player this season.
1: Yeah, it kind of seems like the old cliche of the game slowing down for him, and we're almost seeing seeing it through his eyes because, like you said, he looks so much more free, so much more comfortable. Comfortable. Like those are two of the the notes that I put in my phone were free and comfort. Like that's how he's playing, and I think. I think Jalen Brown's a better player without Gordon Hayward there. Yes. And I do agree that the team is a better team. So Gordon Hayward has a much bigger role on Charlotte, but he would have had a very important role still here. But we know how that turned out. I think the one thing that maybe I'm seeing from Jalen, which relates to his confidence, is that his handle. His handle is so much better, so much tighter, that it's almost like he doesn't have to look at the ball when he's dribbling anymore. Like a lot of guys who aren't comfortable on the handle, they're gonna, you know, even when you're starting in middle school or high school, you know, they're dribbling with their head down Mm -hmm. because they don't feel comfortable dribbling the ball. But now that his handle is so much more comfortable, he's dribbling with his eyes up, he's looking at the rim, he's able to see things that he didn't see before while he has the ball in his hands and that's allowing him to make plays for others. That's one one thing I really noticed about Jalen and I mean, the way he's playing right now, and he's playing at an all-NBA level right now, offensively, defensively, and it almost seems like, I, I know, Mark, you you said that that Tatum maybe wants to be Kobe too much in some of these moments. Yep. It almost seems like Tatum is much more aware that people are watching him play, and Jalen's just going out there and playing. Yeah. Sometimes when you get to those moments, is leading is sometimes maybe leading Jason Tatum to do something that Brown might not do in that same moment because he's just more focused, like lost in the game as opposed to you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm right. trying to say? Yeah, Jalen is
3: trying to be the best possible player he can be. Tatum's trying to be a star.
1: Yeah, and I think they do go hand in hand. You know, I, sometimes you know we saw say that Kyrie was going to drop like fifty in Atlanta, right? I think that was the old joke me you always had, Adam, Mm. that Kyrie in Atlanta was because, you know, (laughs) Kyrie had, you know, had a few special guests in attendance in Atlanta all the time. So, you know, sometimes when you're a showman, you you do want to be that star player. But that being said, if we could just go back to the last game quickly where Jason Tatum took the three over Malcolm Brogdon. And we started having a little bit of discussion in the chat of is Jalen Brown deserving of – those touches now and that one A to one B, especially to give the defense a different look and not just put it in the ball, put the ball in Jason Tatum's hands and get a step back fadeaway three. So, and we were, we were thinking about this after last game. So after what you've seen the first four games and tonight, is it time to start thinking about Jalen Brown more in that closer role?
3: I think he is an option in that role. When you have two players who are as good as Tatum and Jalen are, You don't want to say, this guy's my closer. Like This isn't baseball. You can go to multiple guys here. And I've been very adamant on this, especially when people are criticizing, whether it's Tatum or Brown or someone else for mid range shots, the best shot in basketball is the open shot. So if Jalen's got the open shot, you go there. If Tatum's got the open shot, you go there. What I don't want is these inbounds to Tatum where he's standing on the logo watching the t- the clock run down and then he takes a contested fadeaway 3 or even just a contested 3. He's done it twice so far this season. Once he got lucky and it went in. The other time it had no chance. Whether it's going to him and he's driving or it's you know catching him in, you know in a mid ring sh- shot whatever. That's fine. I'm perfectly ha- happy with Tatum in that spot. He's more than capable. But I also want to see Jalen get some looks, too, and get some chances because he is a guy who can beat just about anybody in the NBA as well. So you have those two great, hopefully, all-NBA options to go to. There's no reason why you can't use them both in that situation and just kind of let the defense dictate it. I know, G, you, you like kind of imposing your will and not taking what teams give you, but, I mean, you find a mismatch out there. you. Got a choice to go to either one, and that's going to give you the best chance to win the game. If you got a one shot to win the game or one shot to tie the game,
1: yeah, for sure. And and obviously, I, I, I was I was talking more about like how Brad rotations played. and yeah. yeah, starting lineups and stuff. But clearly, if you have a you know if you have if you have to your point, two really good options, the best option is the one with the best matchup. Right. So so hopefully Brad starts opening that up a little bit more, Trey. We were we were talking about this on the sportscaster as well. It's is that Jalen Brown really has closed a lot of the weaknesses in his game. So he's hitting threes, he's getting to the basket, but he's also been showing a lot from the mid range. Like, what do you like? How do you like what you've seen from Jalen Brown in the mid range? Like you said, getting guys on his hip, pulling up, like that seems to be something in his bag that he's been able to take out more often than he did last season.
2: Yeah. Again, he, he's been playmaking a lot more. It's something that you saw Hayward do a lot last year. He would have you know, the ball in his hands, move it side to side, finds another guy. Drink. He, at least, he at least was an option to
1: side to side. That's one of that's one of the, the drinking words, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Phrases. One of the drink, drinking catchphrases. I actually lost my beer earlier. <laughs> so it, it I don't even know where I lost it, but I, I found it. But all right, go ahead, Trey.
2: Yeah, so he's been pretty good playmaking, making decisions with the ball, getting into the paint, throwing up floaters or, or taking a mid-range shot or kicking it to the open man. So he's been making the right decision every time. It seems like that repetition is all it takes. And the fact that he's getting all these reps to make all these plays it seems to be working in his favor it's only been five games but i'm pretty sure this is going to continue throughout the season so any attempt to upgrade the the celtics you only want to complement the jays you know J- jalen brown elevates jason tatum and vice versa yeah you know, so
1: yeah when you're talking about and when you're talking about a james harden type of addition to a team you know i think we've seen even with these celtics that it's not just addition like it's more so chemistry it's more so building the right pieces to go together because the the, the, most, the most stacked lineup that i think we've had in boston since the since the big 3 in 08 was that team when Kyrie and Gordon came back and it just it just never gelled
3: and that so, was the worst team in the last 5 years
1: yeah and it was the best team on paper
2: Right.
3: You plug that team into a video game, you're going to run it.
1: Yeah, it was 2K. So, Adam, last year in the bubble, in that series against Miami especially, I remember Danny Ainge being pretty vocal about the fact that Jalen Brown needed more touches on offense, needed more shots on offense. And for Danny to say that publicly, you know that was something that Stevens was being conscious of this season. So, moving on to just... Looking back at the last five games as a whole, is Jalen Brown the biggest takeaway for you of the first five games of the season? Jalen Brown's improvement, or what what is it for you that you think is the biggest takeaway over the first five games?
0: Obviously, Jalen's improvement is the, the top the top story, and the reason why we're even three and two um, has been his you know the consistent play that he's given us. But two other things that I believe that I've, I've taken away from the season so far is one is Marcus smarts improved shot selection. And that has been a, a welcome, a welcome sight for us because, yeah. you know, he he's making more of an impact this year and he's taken almost three, le- three less shots than he did last year per game. He's taking almost two less threes per game, but he's also shooting at a way higher clip. He's shooting at a career high 43% from three. He's only at 36% from the field, but he's not, He's not taking a lot of twos either. And he's not taking bad twos, like just those wild drives to the hoop that he had last year that either created turnovers or just like bad shots. And his assistant, to turnover ratio is at, a, is at a career high pace as well. So what I've seen from Marcus Smart has been really improved offensive play and more efficient offensive play, as well as the All-NBA defense that he provides on the other end. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop without mentioning P.P. Fast you know, P.P. Peyton Pritchard, who has, you know, who I thought before the season should be the starter without mm. knowing that, you know, Stevens wanted to go with Tyson and Tristan Thompson as the bigs. Oh, that Pritchard should have got the nod there if we were going with, you know, the the small starting lineup. But his play has been great. I mean, he's been just what we needed off the bench. He knows what he's doing and he knows what he has a he has a really, really good basketball IQ. And he seems like one of those guys that, you know, he looked a little overwhelmed in the Brooklyn game at, at times. But ever since that game, it's like he's just improved game after game after game. And I can't wait to see what he's going to bring, you know, for the rest of the season. Of he, he improved so much
1: that he wasn't out there in garbage time. Right. He he might not even have to bring the chipotle anymore. Hey, he might just be Aaron Smith carrying it all by himself. He's he never seen part-
3: players like the players he played against in that Brooklyn game. Period. Yeah, when he and ended that up That was part of it. KD. Yeah.
1: When he ended yeah. up matched up on KD and it was like somebody <laughs> tweeted like record scratches so so, how did I fi- get here? Yeah, let me, let me tell you. Um, I bet
3: you're wondering what happened. Yeah, they
1: might
0: so, have to stick. They to stick Carson to help Naismith with the with the.
1: Chipotle. Yeah, I think I think Carson Edwards. Um, I mean Taco, he has some big hands. They they might be on Chipotle duty now. Um,
3: and the way they're playing, they're gonna be working at Chipotle.
1: But Adam, Adam, you kind of stole my segue because oh, the reason that I mentioned Danny Ainge wanting Jalen Brown to have more shots is that. I thought he may have had a talk with Marcus about taking a few less shots, mm-hmm. and shot select Marcus's shot selection for me was one of the things I put down about my takeaways for the first five games.
0: Yeah, and obviously you know Jalen has more opportunities because there's no Kemba there either. Yeah, I think that even when Kemba comes back, Jalen and Tatum should still both be getting you know up to twenty shots a game.
1: Yeah, I don't think Kemba would mind. Um,
0: Perfect six men.
1: Trey, what's your takeaways? What's your biggest takeaway from the first five games? We're going to get back to that.
3: <laughs> Please don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, Please so, so mine, is, mine is PP as well. Double P. Fast PP. Eight Mile, whatever his nickname is. Nowadays. Master P. Master P.
3: <laughs> Finally, a Master P who can play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, man. It's, Pey- it's Peyton Pritchard. Just to... To see him, he looks like he's, he can hold his own on defense. Just if you're looking at the, his defense by the eye test and you compare him to Tremont Waters and you compare him to Carson Edwards, you know, just as a smaller guard, he has the size to move his feet and stay with other guards, keep his guy in front of him. Um, and then on offense, he's very fluid with the ball. He he can handle the ball. And he has counter moves already. He just makes things look good. He makes the right Three. plays, the right passes. So I like everything I've seen from the rook. Like what I've seen from Robert Williams. I'd like to see a few more minutes mm-hmm. from Robert Williams. And then outside of that, like you guys said, Marcus Smart, the shot selection, like Adam's saying, you know, without Kemba, naturally, and without Hayward, naturally his shots are going to go up Jalen shots are going to go up so that's the best thing about it, is that I feel like the Celtics are going to get used to 1A and 1B or whatever it is between Brown and Tatum they're going to get used to that being the hierarchy and you know smart will be used to that and they'll just go from there but like Teague is getting in is getting in all all these habits are being created without Kemba so I feel like for Brown and Tatum, especially, these are good habits to to be creating right now.
1: Mark, C's are three and two. Is that right about where you expect them to be at this point?
3: Yeah, r- right around there. I was a little more critical of them in our preview pod. I didn't say anything like they're gonna miss the playoffs or anything like that, but I didn't think they were a top four seed. But they're in a they're in about five hundred team. They're gonna win more than they're gonna lose, and I have reason after the first five games to be a little more optimistic than I was a week ago because I expected Jalen Brown to be better. I did pick him as the my choice for the most improved player when we did our award predictions, but if he plays like he did tonight, my God, like nobody saw that coming. Some of the players on the bank shirt are coming around a little bit more so like Peyton Pritchard, like you guys have both talked about. I don't want to kind of beat the drum again on that. He's been fantastic, but we've seen Robert Williams contribute a little bit. Uh, we, he's still got his flaws. He's missing some rotations on defense, but he's blocking shots. He's getting some rebounds. He's finishing by the rim. Uh, he's he's playing really well, and he's doing you know, what he started doing in the bubble last year when we saw him finally get more minutes. And uh, Grant Williams has contributed a little bit. Uh, He's basically what you expected from him. He's undersized for his style of play, but he's able to hit a couple of shots. He's able to just be one of those gritty, try-hard kind of guys uh, that really can help bring it together. And Marcus Smart's shot selection. There's one play in particular that I wanted to mention. It was in last night's game where uh, Smart gets the ball. He has a shot for a a chance for a fairly open three, and he goes like he's about to shoot it. And then it's like he just saw Tatum out of the side of his eye, and he just like right – you see his arms go up just a little bit, and then he shuffles it over to Tatum, and Tatum hits the three. Mm -hmm. Last year, Marcus Smart takes that shot, and he probably misses it. Instead, the Celtics got three points out of it. And that one play right there, it's like if that's the type of growth that Marcus Smart has made mentally this year – then we're really in business because one of my biggest fears was that with the extra shots with Gordon Hayward, not being around that smart, was going to shoot more. Mm -hmm. And my biggest criticism of smart for as great as his strengths are is he will shoot you out of games. And there are going to be games where he's going to do it this year. He's going to shoot them out of a couple of games, but minimize that. And they're in a lot better shape than I thought they could potentially be
1: Adam last year. I think you, your hot take was that this year Brad Stevens would be coaching at Duke.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are times, there are times this season where I felt like maybe that was a more appropriate um, situation for him. But I still, I'm, I still, I think we all love Brad. I just think that a strength of this team you know, during, during all the years where we were sort of the less talented team on paper and we were overachieving, basically, with IT and Jay Crowder, like our execution, end of game situations, you know, was always what gave us the edge. And it just seems like we've gotten away from that a little bit and we've been relying more so on that talent. Am I being too critical for of Brad only five games in or... Or is it time to at least, I don't say this, I don't want to say the seat's hot by any means. Like the guys made three of the last Eastern conferences in the last four years. But at the same time, that repeated success, now you're expecting to get over that hump at some point. And Celtics Twitter, after two, two preseason games, was ready to jump off the cliff. Everybody was back on the bandwagon after we won the Bucks game. Brooklyn game not so much, and then people were pissed at Tatum. So, how important is Brad to the success of this team? Because we always talk about the Jays, whereas early on Brad was sort of like the anchor of the future success of the team.
0: I mean, I, the coach is very important to the success. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna put the you know the ball physically in the hoop, but he's supposed to put the players in the best positions to do that we got used to that during those it years because yeah, we weren't, we knew we weren't the most talented team out there. We knew that it had to come with our execution and it had to kind of make Stevens, you know, be on his shit all the time to make sure we're getting the right play every single time down the court. And now, you know, you almost heard it at the end of the Milwaukee at the end of the first Indiana game where he was, he, in his post-game comments where he was like, Oh, well, you know, we had a little action that got denied and we still ended the ball with one of the best players in the league that should want the ball at that time. And it's kind of like, well, you know, your action didn't really do anything. It looked like it was just, it from, from, from an observing point, it looked just like grant cleared out to give Tatum the opportunity to, to, you know, maybe take the ball to the hoop, you know, Up space over there, and Tatum kind of, you know, he did what he did and took the took the bad shot there. But it is gonna be on Stevens kind of to just to get back to that level where we're not just relying on talent, but you know, you need to draw something up where the talent is given multiple options, not just one. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, you know, incorporate Jalen and Tatum into a play, you know, like. Get, Especially when you have eight seconds left, get something creative. It wasn't like, it wasn't like two seconds left on the yeah. clock. It was eight seconds. Yeah, so I don't think it's it's unfair for you to say he's on he's on a hot seat because I don't think he's gonna get fired after this year unless like something really bad happens, like we lose in the we get swept in the first round by like a really bad team or something like that, and just see something. I don't think the locker room. I I think. He's he's on the hot seat
1: more so with the players than with the GM. Yeah. Like yeah. I think Jalen and Jalen and Jason, you know, are ready are ready for a Popovich type guy that's gonna like ride them hard. Um and that's gonna hold everybody accountable. And I think, you know, I, I wanna I wanna say that Brad's comfortable enough in his position to be able to do that, but I just think it's something to watch out for.
0: Duke is off to their worst starting year, so they might be looking for that switch anyways.
1: And Duke women <laughs> shut the shut the season down. So Carol Lawson's Duke women's basketball team, they are not playing right now due to COVID. Mm. Trey, is it too early in the season to talk about what this team's biggest need is? Or do you need to see more before you before you have some trade scenarios for us?
2: I mean, it's it's never too early to to seek improvement. You know, I was trying here. to
3: figure out how to trade Neesmith at pick 16. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and he already had a way to create an open roster spot. There you go. For a two weeks,
3: yeah, just, just give uh, give Carson Edwards the old Ginsu. There's your roster spot.
1: What are we missing?
2: I mean, so I'm still not the biggest fan of the big rotation that could use a little upgrade. I like what Tice has given us the last couple of years. Uh- surprised like what he's given us i mean his very first year he got injured the second year he did well um but that doesn't stop him from being an expiring contract at any point so it just is what it is the team's either gonna have to pay you or they're gonna have to either trade you or let your contract expire and i think at the end of the day you either allow him to be part of the playoff run or if you can utilize him in a trade that nets you a pretty good player uh, then you would consider moving him we also need some help at the wing it feels like it feels like when whenever one of the Jays sit it seems like we're not as aggressive or we don't we don't garner enough attention.
1: Yeah, that's something different this season that I noticed is that it's without Hayward or even Kemba, and you could even throw in Horford and Kyrie and all of them. You now have only one of Tatum or Brown on the court for multiple minutes, whereas over the past three years, you never had less than two all-star caliber guys on the court at the same time.
2: Right, so it's it feels like it's harder to find the open man because it's easier to key in on that one guy if one of the Jays is sitting on the on the bench so it kind of feels like you need a guy. Another wing it doesn't have to be an all star player, because an all star player comes with the mentality that you have to maintain a certain level, so you kind of want a guy you want to bring in a guy who doesn't have an ego, you know. talked yeah, about it would have been
1: nice for us this year. Having right. Jay Crowder
2: right I mean. Worst case scenario, if we wanted to use a TPE on, like, (laughs) no, I guess it's it's not a worst case scenario. I say that in terms of salary, in terms of salary, but Harrison Barnes, I feel like he'd be a really good fit for the Celtics.
1: Harrison Barnes, Aaron Gordon.
2: Just, and also, it's on and off the court with Harrison Barnes. I feel like he would fit the team culture. He's a scholar, like Jalen. Yeah, I feel like he would. (laughs) he would be a good fit, but Celtics could use a wing. They could use an upgrade at the big, Um, but Danny's definitely gonna see, you know, what this team has to offer before he decides he wants to make a move.
1: Yeah, I think our biggest need is an all-star caliber big man. It seems like we've gotten the backup point guard situation improved. We lost some depth on the wing, but Tristan Thompson has one move and that's that little baby jump hook in the paint that is, is, it's a high percentage look, but it, there's always just a lot of traffic around me. And when he's trying to make that shot, like he forces it so hard and it's just, it's just not there sometimes. Robert Williams has the most talent and Daniel Tice Sometimes he just gets, I don't, I don't know, he just gets lost in the games or maybe the referees or the officials are in his head and he's not being as aggressive.
2: He had a pretty nice dunk today.
1: He did. I saw that one. But yeah, I think I think this is the year where we do make a trade at the deadline or approaching the deadline because the gap between us and I think the Nets being the best team in the East without Spencer Dinwiddie. If you, get a, if you get a healthy Kemba, I'm talking about 100% healthy Kemba, you're one piece away from really being able to compete in, to get to the NBA Finals. Any Anybody got any other thoughts on the first five games of this season? Mark?
3: Yeah, um, I'm with you when you said they need a, an all-star caliber big man. I think even to oversimplify it, this team just needs another star. Now, whether that's Kemba, If he can come back hundred percent healthy or whether it's someone they can get on, uh, on a trade Uh, either way, like they need more firepower at the top because all of the players that they have now who are getting big minutes, whether it's Peyton Pritchard or Jeff Teague or Daniel Tice, like those are all nice players who can slot into the second half of a rotation and come off the bench later in the season right now. You're relying on those guys a little too much, and it's okay to do that now because you've got guys hurt. It's early in the season. You're working some things out, but playoffs come around and you're relying on Jeff Teague and Daniel Tice. You're going to have a rough go at it going against some of these top teams, especially Milwaukee after adding Holiday, where I think they're just going to be really, really good. and Even if you get another all-star, you're going to have a tough time beating them i mean i'm looking at my guy john collins as you all have been hearing from me for over a year now before tonight he's been playing like 20 minutes a night in atlanta they didn't sign him to an extension like the writing's on the wall it seems like they're trying to maybe push him out he can be had i don't know if you got what it's going to take to get him but he's someone who might be available and If you said that a year ago, I would have thought you were crazy to say that the Hawks are going to get rid of that guy, when they could have him and Trey Young pair up and then add add a third dude there with the rookies that they got. Well, the rookies at the time last year, uh, and be on their way to maybe building something special down there. But it looks like he's going to be out of there this time next year. I'd be surprised if he was a Hawk. So, what the hell? Let's go kick the tires on that. That is an All Star caliber player. That they might be able to get
1: I don't his know, salary Andy, is
3: low, he's so
1: he's gonna want the max or damn near the max next year. I that's, think that's fine,
2: a he's a max player. Issue, so, I don't know I if think,
1: he's be willing to give him
2: that. I think Atlanta would rather eat dog shit than to trade him to Boston. But one, <laughs> but one thing that does stick out is that
1: they're
2: not, the smart, they're not getting that. I mean, they, they should, try, if I anything, think. they should trade him out west to to a team that's willing to give something up and pay him the max but one thing that's interesting is that one scenario is that in the off season if for whatever reason atlanta doesn't want him to sign an offer sheet with someone else if he wants to he could be signed and traded to boston into that trade exception so that type of situation is optional he could make up to that twenty eight point five million. if you're going to tell me that
3: they could it. If, you, if you're going to tell me that they can do that, like I would punt this year to get him in the trade exception in the option you know, And
2: that goes for any player that's going to be a restricted free agent. We have that trade exception. So if we do wait to use that, that is an option. for yeah, a restricted they're, free agent. they're
1: not, they're not paying the luxury tax for John Collins. I just I just don't see them doing that.
2: Me either. Um, but yeah.
1: Um, especially when Christian Wood just got
3: the mid-level. And. Well, Collins is a lot better than Wood too.
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, not Four, not 14 million for Christian Wood is a pretty good bargain. If you have to pay that, that is John good Collins bargain. almost double that or or double that. Did he and get 14? I thought he got I thought he got the mid level like 9. No, no, that was that was what he was supposedly traded. Oh, that like was the the uh,
1: incorrect report.
2: Right. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, me and Adam we're locked into our season ticket prices for the next year or two. So if they want to get John Collins, it's not it's not my money. Get him. Pay the luxury tax. I'd, I'd be happy.
3: It'll be a little bit of my money because I'm buying that jersey. I'll buy the authentic. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Send,
3: send it into ownership. I will buy the authentic 100% so, yeah, if so Fanatics wait, has it available because they suck.
1: The so Wick, uh, you're automatically making 250 bucks back. There you go. From that contract. Yeah, the
3: first 250 is on me.
1: Well, that would be a... A good sign for you, Mark. If in 2021, John Collins is on the Celtics,
3: I already have his Hawks jersey mm-hmm. in my closet with my Celtics jerseys mm-hmm. to try to make a good omen here.
1: So the Celtics play. When's the next time we play? To uh, Friday. Friday at Detroit, I believe. At Detroit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Friday at Detroit.
1: Friday Detroit. Should be should be a win, but they got to show up. And with the way that the Atlanta Hawks are playing, with the talent that Charlotte has, even Cleveland's been playing impressive basketball. The Knicks won a few games. There's no fans. It's it's, it's there are very few gimmies this year, um, and you're gonna have to at least bring it for three quarters a night. Half of the teams in the East, half of the teams in the league. If they get down big, they're probably going to fold in these environments and pack it in for the next game as opposed to, you know, having screaming fans behind them to sort of give them the energy to fight back. That's why you see the Clippers lose by 50. But the Celtics have an opportunity to maybe go on a nice little winning streak here after beating Indy, beating Memphis without John Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And the next time we see them play, it'll be 2021. So you guys got any plans tomorrow night or... Getting Chinese food on. I mean, Chinese food and
3: Hop on the yep. Zoom. Someone throws it. Not watching Avengers Endgame.
2: <laughs> right. I plan on doing probably a couple Zooms.
1: Sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. No one, No, you can't go out. There's no. Yeah, there's they no no can for New
2: Year's. Wait, but we we can't get out of this year without a prediction from from G. Where Where do you see the Celtics?
1: Mm, I yeah, you
2: skipped that one last time. Celtics, I got, I got to know this.
1: What, where, where do I, my prediction for the Celtics?
2: Yeah, like where do you have them in the East? Like,
1: um, I think we're better than Philly. I think Miami seems to have maybe taking a. I, it's too early to say Miami, but Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, I believe are all sort of in a similar tier. Well, Milwaukee's probably at the top of that tier. I think the Nets have elevated themselves to the top of the East um, with the way Katie's playing, but Spencer Dinwiddie kind of takes away from some of that depth. If the Celtics are able to make a trade during the offseason, then I think they'll be right back in the Eastern conference finals. If they have some lapses during the season and, and the seeding doesn't fall their way and they end up facing the Hawks in the first round, they can be upset, especially in this environment. But the way that Jalen Brown's playing, and I hope there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on between him and Jason Tatum, in terms of, you know, you're gonna have a good game, I'm gonna have a good game. Like we're competing against each other, but we're doing it for the team. Celtics Nets, Celtics Nets in the Eastern Finals. It, It would be impressive for the Celtics to get back to the Eastern Finals again. But, you know, Nick Wright is somewhere lurking. Ready to, ready to point out that we're, that's that's our ceiling. We're not, we're not never going to be any better than that. I don't have a bold prediction yet. So maybe Jalen makes the All-NBA team five games in, but... I like that. Jalen's having a better season than Jason Tatum right now. But I think they're both two of the best 15 players in the East. Are they both two of the best 15 players in the league? I don't know. So... I don't know where the Celtics, I can see the Celtics finishing top four seed, and they should be able to get back to the Eastern finals if they can avoid the Nets. That's not, uh, I'm not going out on a limb there, but I think they have the potential to do that.
2: That's good to hear. You had to hear that before the the year wrapped up. Yep. Uh, we all reserve the right to change in 2021, depending on <laughs> what happens with trades and such.
1: Yeah, Aaron Gordon could be a good possibility for for the Celtics. Or Vucevic if only, but Orlando's playing decent basketball as well. So for now. Marcus Aldridge, he's on the last year of his deal. Christian Wood would have been nice for us. I, I would like to not see Grant Williams and semi and those guys getting a ton of minutes. I I think I've seen enough. So
2: all right, we're on to 2021.
1: Like Belichick would say. Yeah, we are on to 2020. I know Belichick's on to 2021. <laughs> uh we're on the 2021, and we'll see you in the new year when the Celtics pick up the new year facing the Detroit Pistons.
2: We'll see. He's out.
1: Feliz Navidad, everybody.